through the snow in a one horse open sleigh or the fields we go laughing all the way bells on bobtails ring making spirits bright what fun it is to laugh and sing a sleighing song tonight oh jingle bells jingle bells to our digital candlelight service. Man, we're so glad you joined us. I'm right here in my living room at my home. This is my amazing wife, Danielle, and my son, Cole. He is one years old. Isn't he cute, guys? And I'm way too old to have a one-year-old. But no. My wife is not. Yes. But greet everybody, babe. Yes. yes. Hey, welcome to our home. We're so excited you're with us. I love Christmas time. It's my favorite holiday. I love all the extra, all the fun stuff we do with the kids, even though it's crazy. I mean, yes, sprinkles on the floor, is. flour everywhere. The light bill is high and I love it. I don't care. You pay the bills, I don't care. People. I don't care. I don't care if anyone's even in the living room with a tree. I love it on. Um, but hey, <laughs> welcome to the yes. service. Yes. Welcome, hi. everybody. Well, we're glad you joined us. We have an amazing service for you. Pastor Rick has a special message he's going to be sharing in just a moment. We're going to go back into some more songs, but we want to say Merry Christmas to all of you. We hope you have an awesome Christmas with your family. God bless.
Hello, everyone. I love the state of Arkansas and my family and I, we moved here 20 years ago and we started a church called New Life Church. It's really not a big deal. It's not the best church in the state. We're just doing everything that we can to share the word with as many people who will listen. But here's the thing. There's a lot of hurt out there right now. This has been a difficult year. I've seen it. As a pastor, these people have been in my homes. They have called me. They have called our team, our leaders. And some of you are hurting right now, so you might need prayer. Maybe you have a church, and I hope you do. You can call them. There's so many great churches to call in our state. It's one of my favorite things about Arkansas. But if you do not have anyone to call, you can text us. You can call us. The best way to do it is to text 88,000 with the word connect. We will look at it. We will pray over it. And if there's a specific need you would like to let us know about, uh, we'll look at that need as well. Maybe there's something we can do about it. So again, I'm glad you're here with us. We've been doing this for 20 years. It's very produced. It's not how we normally do church, but we love doing this once a year because people love Christmas. They love Christmas music. And a lot of people love the story of Christ. So let's move that way right now.
shining It is the night Of our dear Savior's birth Long lay the world In sin and narrow pining Till He appeared And the soul everybody i hope you're enjoying candlelight so far listen that song oh holy night it's a staple for us we love that song and we'll do it every year probably till jesus comes back well right now i want to share with you some amazing things that god has done through your giving at new life church we've been able to do this year in arkansas and around the country and the world listen 75,000 people were served this year across our state through your giving 1.2 million meals were served to kids and families across our state. We were able, through your giving, to plant 57 churches to help 
through the ARC Association across our country. So today, as you give, you'll see three ways that you can give right here on the screen. And we just wanna say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. Listen, 100% of what you're giving right now at this candlelight offering, we are giving back, back into our community, back into helping plant churches, back to helping people overseas. So we wanna say thank you. Listen, we're going back into a song right now. It's called Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. It's a powerful song. And as we sing it, come on, let's focus on the goodness of the Lord and focus on what he's done for us this year. Come on, let's sing it.
That song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, I love it. There's a lot of things I like about it, but there's been times where I didn't like it much at all. Like when I would be in church service when my eyes were not on the Lord, that song would drive me crazy because of the conviction of the way that I was living my life. And then other times when I was in tune with God and walking with Him, I loved that song. I don't know where you are right now. I don't know how it's going for you. I don't know if your eyes are upon Him or not. But I want to speak on this. Don't miss Christ at Christmas, which again is related to turn your eyes toward the Lord. And in your life, have you ever made a mistake that you regretted for a long time? Like maybe even your relationship with God. So I thought about that, and I thought about when I asked Michelle to marry me, uh, I had a great plan. I wanted it to be special. I knew the ring she wanted. She told me where it was, and I went and got it, and I had it on the table, and I was thinking about how was I going to ask her to marry me. It was at that time someone knocked on the door of my house, and I looked up, and it was Michelle. And I, I was, I panicked. I just grabbed the ring. She didn't see it. I put it in my pocket. And she walked in, and I was acting weird. She said, what's going on? And, I was, and before I knew it, I just blew it. I got on one knee right there. No romance in this at all. And I just said, Michelle, will you marry me? And I opened up that ring, and it was in that moment that I realized I had got, I got the wrong ring. I purchased the wrong ring. So it was the wrong place with the wrong ring, the right woman. And I regretted that for years. I still regret that. And there's really nothing I can do about it. But here's what I love about Christ. If you've been looking the wrong way, if you've missed him along the way, he'll redeem that time. He'll give you another shot at it. So with that in mind, let's look at the Christmas story, powerful story in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, the following month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin, Mary, engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Congratulations, favored lady. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. That's what Mary was. Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her, for God has decided to wonderfully bless you. This is exactly what's happening right now. The Lord is trying to bless you, to be around you, to be in a relationship with you. But we have our eyes turned the wrong way. So let's see what happened with Mary. Very soon now, you'll become pregnant and have a baby boy, and you are to name him Jesus. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of God shall overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be utterly holy, the Son of God. For every promise from God shall surely come true, for nothing is impossible with God. Next chapter, verse 7. says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So what I want to do is just take a moment to talk about different approaches to Christ at that very first Christmas. And in fact, there were more animals around than there were people. And heaven did everything that it could 
to bring this to us, to make it as simple as possible for all of us to have a relationship with Christ. But yeah, we still miss it. Let's see if we can learn from some of these people. First person I want to talk about is Mary. This young girl, I just read it. She was confused and disturbed, but things changed. And we can get a hint on what happened from Elizabeth. Elizabeth said to Mary, you believe that God would do what he said, and that is why he is giving you this wonderful blessing. There's a hint there on why Mary got it right. Because she believed and she obeyed. I can tell this is true also in another place where someone yelled out to Jesus in a crowd and they said, blessed is the mom who gave you birth. And Jesus said, well, no, blessed is the one who listens and obeys. That's exactly what Mary did right. The scripture doesn't tell us to venerate her or to deify her or to worship her. We know that Mary was a sinner like all of us, according to scripture, but she was righteous. She had a heart after God. She, she, she wanted the Lord to be in her life. She went through a lot, perhaps some shame around this story, trying to get people to believe that the baby was God and the father was God. She was engaged to be married, and I'm sure there was a lot of tension around this story but Mary just continued to pursue the Lord. In Luke chapter one and verse 46, it says, my soul praises the Lord. My heart rejoices in God, my savior, because he has shown concern for his humble servant girl. Question, in this year or in your life right now, when you're confused and disturbed, do you give him honor with praise in your heart and do you listen to him? Mary got this right because her eyes were turned to him. She did not miss Christ at Christmas. Second person I want to talk about is Joseph. Now, this is interesting because there's not one recorded word spoken by Joseph in the Bible. Not one. But yet we still know some things about him. We know that he was fully devoted to the Lord. We know that he was righteous. We know that he was willing and we know that he was kind because he was thinking about divorcing Mary, but doing it quietly so it would not embarrass her. So these are the things that we know about him. Although he never spoke a word, anyone around him would have known that he was faithful, that he had a heart after God, that he was kind, that he was willing and he was righteous. So here's my question for you. When people think about you, if you never spoke a word, would they still see that you have a heart after God? Like, do they just need our words to confirm that? At the beginning of this year, uh, and even again about two months ago, uh, the Lord showed me that we have a church right now, New Life Church, is a type of church where a lot of us love the Lord with all of our heart, but we lost that first love. We still love the word and we still love sound doctrine, but we had lost our walk with him. And the Lord spoke to me just like a church in the Bible. And he said to them, go back and do what you did at first. Like the way you used to serve me, the way you used to love me, go back and do that. So again, Mary, she had her eyes on Christ. Joseph, 
he had his eyes on Christ. But let's look at King Herod. You're going to see something different here. King Herod in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, When King Herod heard about the birth of Christ, he was disturbed. Same thing that happened to Mary. She was disturbed. Now it says he was disturbed. And all of Jerusalem with him, it's like everybody who was hearing about this, was disturbed. Same thing that happened to Mary happened to him. But here's the difference. He was king. And there was something in his mindset that said, I'm already king. We don't have room for another king around here. You know, I've noticed that a lot of people are exactly like that right now. Like they're the king of their lives. And they don't have room for someone else to come in and try to tell them how to live. It's sort of like we don't mind Jesus being in the vicinity, but we don't want him to be the ruler. We like that role in our life. I tell people sometimes who are single, I'll let them know that uh, if you're having trouble finding someone to love you, there could be a lot of reasons for that. But one of them could be that you've already found love, that you love yourself. Like you're so into yourself that it's really hard for anyone else to be in relationship with you. This is what I think happened to him. I think King Herod was like, hey, I'll want his love, but I don't want him to be Lord. So King Herod was paranoid. The Christmas that we have these days, it's about singing and it's about parades or it's about Christmas lights or trees or gift giving. Man, back in this day, there was some horrible things going on and a lot of it because of this King Herod. He made a decree to destroy families. I won't get into all the details of it with kids in the room, but there was a lot of aggression. In fact, the family of Jesus had to flee a long ways off just to get away from the threats of, of King Herod. He was angry about this, this new king. He didn't want him around. And if you are not allowing Jesus to be the Lord of your kingdom, then you really are not celebrating Christmas you're just having a holiday. And this is the reason why I'm speaking on this. Because this year, I've seen a lot of people lose their relationship with the Lord. But the good news is, this year, I've seen a lot of people turn back to Him. So how do you see Him? I love the scripture in, in Luke chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. So we know that part, but a lot of us do not know this part. It says, with whom God is well pleased. You can't have the first part if you're not doing the second part. Like, what does God want from me instead of all that we just want from Him? And then the last person that I want to talk about is really not a person at all, it's a group of people. It's the religious leaders. And the scripture says uh, that when Herod heard that Jesus was around, that there was a new king around, that he went to the religious leaders. This is so amazing. He went to them because he knew that they knew where the Messiah was going to be born because they knew the word. 
So he went to the religious leaders and said, where is the Messiah that would be born? And they referred to Micah chapter 5, 700 years before, and they went to a prophecy and they said, we know exactly where he is. He's in Bethlehem. And so they started searching Bethlehem. But here's the interesting part. These people knew the word. They knew where the Messiah was. But they never took the trip. They never went over there. And this is what I see happening. Like we know exactly where the Lord is, but we're not making the trip. The trip to our knees to get before our God. The trip to church to worship Him again. The trip to worship in, in His presence with singing or whatever it is the Lord is laying on your heart. We know what the scripture says. We know how to get him back. But we're not making the trip. So to summarize all this, it was years ago when we decided to plant this church that uh, it was a very intimidating time in my life. And um, it was scary. And I didn't want to do it. I was too insecure. But we decided to move here. I loaded my family up. We really didn't know anyone in the state of Arkansas. We knew a family and then we met another family, but we really moved here with just a lot of intimidation, but a call. And when we moved here, it was about a month before our first service, I called my grandmother. I'm a Cajun man. My grandmother is a Cajun woman, of course, and she couldn't even speak English until she was a teenager and her accent is so beautiful. But she's the most godly woman I've ever met in my life. In fact, she's the most godly person I've ever met in my life. So I called her on the phone and I said, Momo, how you doing? She would always answer the phone, praise the Lord, Jesus loves you. If you would ever go and visit her, she'd be out on the, the front porch just waiting for you to pull into the driveway. And when you would go to leave, she would just stand there until your car disappeared, waving the whole time, praying for you. That's the kind of woman she is. So I called her a month before knowing that I was nervous. And I said, Mama, I know you're not feeling well because she had cancer. She was dying with cancer. And she was very thin and weak. But I said, Momo, I know you don't feel good, but could you please come to our first service and pray over me just before we start? And she said, oh, Rick, that's how she would talk. Oh, Rick, I can't come, I'm too sick. Well, I didn't want her to feel bad, so I just said, that's okay, Momo, you can pray from there. She said, oh, Rick, I'll pray from here. Oh, Rick, I love you. She prayed for me then and we hung up the phone. It was about a month later when we had our first service. And a few minutes before the first service, there was a knock on the door. And I said, come in. And when they opened that door, it was my frail grandmother, 80 pounds. She was sick, but the smile on her face, and she just yelled out, oh, I just had to come. And she walked towards me and put her arms around me and prayed over me. And everything has been amazing since that moment in a lot of ways. But that night when I was going to sleep, I started thinking about the trip she had to make and how difficult that trip had to be. But she did it to be in relationship with me.
And there you have Christmas. The Lord made a lot of moves to give us a Savior. It was a difficult trip, not only at Christmas, but look at Easter. And he went all out to be in a relationship with us. And the love he has for us is way more than my grandmother for me or anyone you've ever met. And how could we not turn our eyes toward that and say, this is what I need and this is what I want. And to me, that's the reason for the season. Could you bow your heads right now? Maybe they're in your living room or wherever you may be. And I just want to pray over you. Lord, I ask that you forgive us if we've turned our eyes away from you. Some who are listening now have never given their hearts to you. And Lord, we thank you that you are amazing at forgiving us in our sin. And we repent of our sin and we ask for that forgiveness. And I do want to thank you for making the trip. It was a difficult journey, but your love for us is clear. So again, we invite you into our lives and we give you our attention because we want to serve you with all of our heart. We repent of our sin as we remember Christmas and Easter, the way you went all out on that old rugged cross to forgive us. And we invite you into our lives now. From here on out, we want to serve you continually. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child.
So glad to be with you on the digital campus. This is a very important place for the vision of our church. And we do not take it lightly that we can pass to you right here. And in fact, I want to give you some vision. Starting the year on January the 4th through January the 10th, we're going to be teaching on prayer and fasting. We need you to participate in that with us. It's the way we start out our year every year. If you're new to our church, you don't understand how important that is but it's like a whole year's worth of relationship with Christ in one week as we seek Him with all of our heart in prayer and fasting. So let's do that together. Also, the way that we close out our candlelight service every year is with this lady, Heather, who sings with all of her heart. And so let's enjoy this together. Thanks for coming and God bless you. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. In a year, our troubles will be out of sight. Have yourself a Little Christmas, make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are, as in olden days, happy golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us they gather near to us once more and through these we all will be together when the Lord allows But until then We'll have to make it through Somehow Once again 
golden days of your faithful friends who are dear to us. They gather near to us once more. And through the When the Lord allows, so hang your shining star upon the highest bough, and have yourself a merry. Christmas, please have yourself a merry little Christmas now.